Hey guys, uh, we're going to talk about something uh, that definitely was not a routine part of my training. It's so hot right now. So coronary <laughs> CTs. I think I ordered exactly zero of them as a resident. And as I got into attending hood, I started to see a couple more and more. And I had to kind of get comfortable with it over time. And now I'm, now I'm just a believer. So... I thought uh, we'll, we'll talk about a trial, but let's just start by setting the stage. What is the utility? When is it indicated? Why should you even consider a coronary CT scan? So first, let's talk about terminology a little bit, because I think there's a lot of confusing terminology here. So we can talk about coronary calcium scores, which you hear is CAC. So basically what that's looking at is, is using a CT to look at the amount of calcification within the coronary vessels, right? That's different than a CT angiogram, mm -hmm. which is looking, it's cross-sectional imaging, looking at the arteries themselves and can look for more uh, like soft plaques. It's not just looking for, for calcium. So you have CT angiograms and you have coronary calcium scores. Um, so I guess, Mike, do you want to say like when, when do we use the two different ones? Yeah, so I mean, I think there's evolving literature on this, but in my practice so far, we use it in those... Patients are like 40, 50, 60, there's intermediate probability that they do have some type of underlying coronary artery disease, but we're not ready to commit to a coronary cath yet. So we want this little bit more mm -hmm. information. If a calcium score is very low, that kind of settles the deal. This patient doesn't need to get a cardiologist. You can go home, outpatient follow-up, maybe get a stress test if needed, less likely. But I think it's just more of those patients that you're, you're questioning yourself. Like, do yeah. they need yeah. to be You don't admitted? feel very confident that it's not there. Yeah. But you're yeah. not, like, supremely confident that this is unstable angina. Do not. They have yeah. a Costco, do not collect $200 yeah. to go straight to Kaplan. Exactly. So exactly. CT angiograms are good for those patients, exactly like what you're talking about, right? Where you're not quite sure what, you know, they have some atypical pain. You're not quite sure what's going on. They probably don't need a cath. Um, but I think it's important to differentiate that from calcium scores which generally don't have an indication for acute ACS, acute mm -hmm. chest right. pain. Those are more, that's what you would get as, you know, you're the outpatient primary doctor and you're looking to risk stratify somebody who maybe doesn't want to take a statin or who mm -hmm. maybe is hesitant to do lifestyle modifications and having numbers in front of them would be helpful. Yeah. Um, so coronary artery calcium scores or CAC scores are really a risk stratification and based on the numbers that you get back and you guys can look up the specific numbers, but it shows... Are you high risk? Are you intermediate risk or low risk? And if you have a coronary artery score of zero, yeah, mm -hmm. a big fat goose egg, you were just, you know, Dr. Gutman was just explaining it's really good sensitivity and specificity, but yeah. that patient probably doesn't even need to be on a statin. Right. Um, so the, the, the CT actually has a negative predictive value of 99%. So if you work through your biostats, you take a low to intermediate probability, you add a score of zero, you effectively have ruled out, it's like the dimer for PE, you have effectively ruled out kind of coronary disease in that person. So it is a very useful test because it's like 99% negative predictive value is pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. And then calcium scoring definitely should not be used in your elderly population mm -hmm. that already have that calcium burden. Then you're, you don't really know what to do with that information. Like they, yeah. You're forced to get a cardiologist involved right. to, you know, possibly do a procedure. They may feel inclined to do a cardiac cath just based off of... Yeah. What they find. The radiologist may even just say, just deny your order. We recently had that happen on a patient, mm -hmm. you know, somebody who already has stents, somebody who has known coronary artery disease, 
you shouldn't be bothering with the coronary calcium score. You could maybe consider a CT angio, but even that isn't going to be a great image. Um, and we are just talking to, you can also get FFR, which basically looks at the, the flow both before and after a potential lesion. So it can help you determine whether or not this is a, a hemodynamically significant lesion. Yeah. The only other thing I would include is in terms of like inclusion criteria, this is not really intended for patients who are in like rapid AFib, you know, their heart rates have to be slowed. So a patient who can't tolerate a beta blocker yep. shouldn't be included in this. Um, or a, a patient with a, a known kind of like congenital cardiomyopathy or anything that's going to make your interpretation uh, less, uh, you know, beneficial, maybe skip this and go to the heart cap. So just yeah. kind of keep that in mind too. And coronary artery calcium scores don't re require any contrast, but the CT coronaries do require IV contrast. So keep that in mind too. So... Since I'm seeing more and more of these ordered in place of stress tests, and even in the hospital, someone comes in for an ACS rule out, we're definitely utilizing this test a lot. Um, I thought uh, let's review uh, a recent article that I saw from 2022. It was called the Discharge Trial. I don't know how they arrived at that. Mm. Yeah, it's a I, no, don't, I, know. I don't like the word discharge. It's a no for me. There was not a lot of excitement. They had to come up with something. <laughs> Basically, the, the question at stake here was, um, is a CT uh, or a cath for the initial diagnosis of stable chest pain, what's better? And we're talking CT coronary, not CAC scores. Exactly. So they took patients with stable chest pain. They used a known kind of like, you know, the Diamond Forrester, like age, gender, smoking history, risk factors to spit out a pretest probability. Uh, in patients with chest pain and took all the intermediate, like 10 to 60% pretest probability chest pains. And they were randomized to either undergoing a CT first or undergoing invasive angiography first. And their questions, uh, their primary endpoint, their, their question is safety. And I thought it was, when I first started reading the article, I was like, of course the CT is safer. Like, it's not a procedure. But yeah. I was being an idiot because what they meant by safety was at three and a half years, uh, they were looking at death, uh, MACE, or major adverse coronary events, uh, MI, stroke, at three and a half years after the initial chest pain presentation. And their secondary endpoint uh, was procedure-related complications. And here, obviously, I think you know which one's going to be more complicated, right? Uh, and again, it wasn't STEMI, it wasn't unstable yeah. angina, it wasn't any of yeah. those. Stable so, chest pain. Exactly. So um, basically, uh, they had hundreds of patients in both groups. And one important aspect that I noticed is that there was um, excellent follow-up. So 98% of patients in both arms went through with that testing. Of note, from the time you were enrolled in the study to your CT was about three days. And from the time you were enrolled in the study to uh, angiogram was 12 days. So you got results a lot faster in the CT group. Um, uh, and then one obvious question you might be asking yourself is, CT is a good first step, but what if like all these patients ended up getting a cath, why not just skip the CT? So yeah. only 10% of patients in the CT group ended up crossing over into the uh, invasive angiography group. Hmm. So um, in other words, we avoided a lot of potentially yes, unnecessary exactly. cats. Exactly. <laughs> okay. That was the take home for me. And of course, uh, the primary endpoints uh, were the same in both groups. So whatever initial 
ischemic evaluation you did at three and a half years at equal rates of all the complications. And as you guessed, the secondary complications were significantly higher in the cath group because, again, this, you can be the best cardiologist in the world, but it's, it's a procedure. There's going to be some kind of complication, right? Like you, can't, yeah. you can't prevent that no matter how good you are. Um, and then, interestingly, the amount of angina at the end of three and a half years in both groups was the same as well. Hmm. So I, I think in terms of safety and, and long-term outcomes, they're the same. Um, again, I think the kind of caveats and like the take-home points for me is obviously if I think the patient needs a cath, we're still going to go there. If my patient has like a history, like we have someone on the floor right now with like he had an angioplasty 20 years ago, or 30 years ago, and never had a stent, and now he's coming in with like a reduced DF, like I'm obviously going to still push for a cath on that patient because yeah, high, high pre-probability. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but my patients, like you guys mentioned, with age and dense calcifications and prior stents, and I'm not going to include those patients in the study. But I think for all those intermediates, I feel pretty comfortable utilizing a CT scan first and looking at their plaque burden or their, you know, their burden of disease that way, rather than maybe skipping straight to invasive angiography. I think it's an interesting study. It kind of proves what we maybe already knew or kind of expected, but it at least kind of is like proof of concept to me that yeah. a good screening tool initially for, for your stable chest pains. I can see this being useful in the inpatient setting too, Friday afternoon admit chest painter, you know, 50 smoker, kind of, you know, questionable history, questionable chest pain. Cardiologists probably won't cath them until Monday at the least. Exactly. So this is risk stratify, see where they're at, and see if they even need to be done, have this done inpatient or outpatient, assuming tropes negative, EKG's fine. Yeah. So definitely some utility to this. And I think we'll get a lot more data too as time goes on. Yeah, I think because they're being ordered so frequently now, we'll start to see... <laughs> See right. the results and see which way we're going. It's like the pneumonia panels. Yeah, Mike and his <laughs> pneumonia panels. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. So order CT coronaries, I guess. The discharge trial. Yeah. Not a fan. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> and then they, they mentioned some follow-up reading. Uh, ischemia trial, the PROMISE, and the Scott Heart trial all kind of looked at similar kind of concepts. And I think in general, and cardiologists may not like this, but we're moving away from every single thing that breathes. Yeah, yeah. at sense. least diagnostic catheterizations. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right, very cool.